Everyone, welcome back to Walk-Ins. Welcome. We have a special episode for you today. We actually recorded this episode on a different podcast, but it was about leadership. And with leadership, it's not just for certain businesses. It also could be really great for these urgent care. So we wanted to bring that to you today. Isaac Russell is our guest, and we really enjoyed this conversation. We think you're going to enjoy it too. Definitely know you'll benefit uh, benefit from it. I hope you enjoy it. We're going to cut over to it now. Isaac Russell, why don't you introduce him, Michael? Yeah, so uh, if you notice on this podcast, we try to bring other people who have been through this transition or have been running their own business for a long time. And so today we have Isaac Russell, and he's been running his uh, basically a, a success plus consulting business that helps consult with companies for about almost 30 years. He actually released a book just recently called uh, Improving Profits Through People. So Isaac, we're super excited to have you on today's Welcome podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Isaac. Thank you, gentlemen. I'm glad to be here. So I always like to kick off with my favorite question because I know uh, what people are dealing with at this time in their life at this middle age. And what is the biggest fear that you had to overcome to start your first business? Like exit from corporate America, start your own thing. There is no safety net. Biggest fear. Uh, I don't know if it was a biggest fear or not because of the focus and the desire to do what I wanted to do. My biggest fear was going back to where I came from. Oh, man. Uh, that was the biggest fear. The fear going forward wasn't a fear. It was uh, getting things done in a timely manner to make things happen. And I had other people to, to help me do that. You know, if, if you get enough other people to give you what you want, it's easier that way. But far as a fear, I didn't have a fear. You know, it was kind of like, you know, you hit a story that generals are in war and bullets are flying all around them and they're trying to reach their objectives and they, they're not paying attention, you know, to the bullets, you right. know. Uh, and I think that's that was, you know, I was for the cause of of trying to get better and trying to reach my dreams and goals. So I, I never thought of it as fear. Mm -hmm. So it's hard for me to ask that question. I knew I could go back and do what I've always done if it didn't work. Uh, that was more of an embarrassment to have to do that than a fear. So I don't know if I can answer that question about fear. Well, I mean, you you did just in a kind of a roundabout way. The fear is if I don't get successful here, I have to go back to something I don't love or hate even. Right. So right. so it's it's not really a, a fear of what's coming. It's a fear of what you may have to go back to. Yeah. And and, and it may be fear out there because everybody. Everybody approached things differently. Mm -hmm. and, and I think if you ask three or four other people, they could give you that answer. Uh, I just think we all individualized uh, when we trying to reach a goal. Right. Yeah. You know, and what's driving us toward that goal. That's good. Yeah. I, I like how you, you like, like when you have a focus and it almost sounded where that focus and that passion was, was, was all that mattered at that point. Like, exactly. like I want to get, I got to get this, you know, scratch this itch. I got to move forward. Yes. Uh, how did you find that? Like, where, how did it become so obvious that's what you wanted to do? Like, where was, cause I, I think some people struggle with 
I want to do something, but I don't know what it is. I think I want to do this. How did it become so clear to you? Like I'm doing this. I know I want to do it and I'm going to get it done no matter what. Well, I, I think with me, it was also, it was always a desire to do something successful where my kids can look up to me mm-hmm. instead of an athlete or instead of someone else in the neighborhood or someone, they can always look up to me. I wanted to lead by example. I always wanted to do something, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in my middle, middle 30s and still didn't know what I wanted to do. Every person listening on this podcast right now can relate with exactly what you're saying. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So um, I knew I had a gift, but I didn't find that gift until later on in life. You know, they say the two most important things you should always celebrate in your life is the day you're born and the day you find out your purpose on earth. Come on. That'll preach right there. Yeah. And, And I found my purpose on earth. And when you find your purpose on earth, everybody won't find their purpose on earth because people don't spend time reflecting and self-reflecting on why they're here. They're money driven. Mm. And I always tell people, do what you like and enjoy and do it very, very well. And the money will come. If you do things for money, you will never be happy. Right. Always wanting more. Yeah. So. You know, I, I just knew that I had a niche in, number one, I love people. Um, I don't care whether they're black, white, polka dotted or whatever. I just don't like lazy people. Um, oh, you're in. Good job. <laughs> polka dot Michael's going to make it. <laughs> I, I, just don't, I just don't like lazy people, but I love to see other people become successful and I like to be a part in it. What I was born with was a gift, and I figured out what my gift was. When I first opened a leadership book and, and I, in my early 20s, and I read some pages, and I already know that, you know, uh, didn't need to read it. You know, how I got it, I don't know. It was a gift. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with people. You know, I love people. Nobody has to teach me how to get along with him or how to get along with her because they're different because they're whatever that's automatically in me, you know? So the people part and the leadership part and how to set plan and achieve goals was already in me. I can set a goal. If I, if I have a sincere desire to do something, I can do the ABCs of it until I get it done. It's just natural. Mm. I was, and that's, that's the gift I have. You know, you've you've brought two different things that I think are intertwined to the table that I want to unpack a little bit more because I think you've got some some huge insights here. You brought purpose when people find out what they're here for. And then you've also brought up gift. Right. And I I wonder, first of all, I think everybody has a purpose and has a gift. Right. But do you think that people are scared of their gift or they don't like the gift they got and that holds them back? Are they settling? Like, what do you think it is? I think everybody has a gift. So, so I just wonder about that. Well, first of all, in, in my judgment, everybody is not intelligent enough to find it. Mm -hmm. 
And some people find it and don't know what to do with it. And they can't enhance it. Mm -hmm. You know, so also when you talk about the fear of it, I remember early on that I was more like a a minister type. That Mm -hmm. my, my intelligence, my feelings, my thoughts, was challenging me that way, but I didn't want to go that way. So I think I struck a deal. I, I think <laughs> I struck a deal. Uh, it, you know, yeah, I negotiated a deal. That's you right. know, like I tell people, I'm a Catholic, but I'm a cafeteria Catholic. I can choose the <laughs> ones I want. <laughs> but, but what I did was I used that to come back. And when I coach people and teach people on how to be successful in life, because I always tell them that the people that don't set goals in life and achieve them will always work for the people that do. That's very important. Right. You know? mm-hmm. So I tell people that all the time, but it's all about goal setting and the people that you hang around and sit in, in quiet moments. This earth was intelligently put together. The earth rotated on its axis, it's summer, you know, it's fall, it's spring, it's, you know, the changes of of the weather, people born, people die. Where do you fit in, in this cycle? And what's your purpose in this cycle? You know, mine is to service people and serve people, but I do it from a business standpoint instead of from a pulpit or something else that everybody else, everybody has their calling when they find their purpose. I just think you're who you are and where you are about what goes into your head. So if you're around negative people, you'll never find your purpose. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's why you got to have that quiet time to reflect, to find out who you really are and what's your purpose on earth. I like it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I answered your question or not. <laughs> no, you did. I love it. I. I mean, I think that's really useful, helpful information. Um, you know, when I'm when I was sitting in the place where I think most of our listeners are sitting, um, I had been wrestling with my purpose and wrestling with my gift. Yeah. And when I go back and look at it, what I was wrestling with is if I do this, I've still got to pay my mortgage. If I do this, I still have three kids to provide for. If I, if I do this and fail, I'm not the only one affected by my gift. Right. My gift is going to impact my sphere of influence. Right. 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 And I think we all went through that. I did. Right. You explained that very, very well. I had small kids and I worked in a factory and I knew it was a dead end job that I didn't want to be there when I was 60 or 50 because people that retired are still living from check to check. And I knew I had to take a chance, even though I had kids that were small. But the best fruit's out on a limb. You got to take a chance. And if the limb breaks and you fall, that's temporary failure. Mm -hmm. You know, failure is temporary. You dust yourself off and you climb that tree again. But, you know, I had that confidence that I can survive even if it didn't work because I didn't mind working, you know, everybody that, that, that wants a job, got a job. It may not be the job you want, but you go back to the drawing board and you start back again 
to take that journey again if you're convicted to get what you want. So uh, I understand what you're saying. You got to take that chance and you got to have confidence in yourself that you'll succeed. And if you don't succeed, you got confidence in yourself that you still can survive until you get back on track to take another shot at what you want. Uh, but if you help enough other people get what they want, they'll help you get what you want. You mm -hmm. got to surround yourself with a lot of positive people because when I reached my goals, I had friends that was lawyers. I had friends that was bankers, accountants, and all those people helped me get what I want. Now, 30 years later, when I coached and mentored people that was in a supervisory role, a small leadership role in companies, and I mentored those guys. Now, those guys are CEOs and business owners, and they call me back to work for them. So, uh, you know, you reap what you sow. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you're negative and you don't have a sincere desire and you don't do your homework, because there's going to be a lot of doors that's going to shut in your face. And the first business that I opened, it took me five years of constant going this direction. It didn't work. Going mm -hmm. this direction. It didn't work. Go this direction. and says, okay, I don't have that. What do I got to do? Well, you have to do this. You have, to, well, it may take me six months to do it. Right. But I got it done. And I said, okay, what's my next steps? You know, so I asked that of all those people that I knew, but I didn't quit. See, a lot of people, when they come up against adversity, they quit. You know, and they're not surrounded by a support cast that wants to see them be successful. That's what I'm talking about. Who you hang around every day is very important. It's important. I've told this story before, Isaac, um, that the people who are closest to you and love you the most often are the ones who don't support you the way you need to be supported. So sometimes like when you're paying attention to the positive and the negative people that you surround yourself with, sometimes that intentional positive sphere of influence is outside of who loves you most. And they do yeah. that. Like my mom would she, she would always say when I was starting my company, she would go, well, I sure hope that works for you, which is the exact same <laughs> thing is that's about the bomb. Like, <laughs> it's not, like that's the translation of mom, right? Nobody on this planet loves me more than my mama. You, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. she, 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 it, it has nothing to do with that, but right. that negative slant could either hold me back or give me in a position to go find people that, that are going to help propel me forward and not listen to that, that, as you called earlier, that bullet flying by. Yeah. Another thing I, I think in, in my judgment is a lot of them, the people that we're talking about are innocent because they don't see the vision we see. Oh, that's good. Yeah, and, good. you know, that's why Lionel Richie had to leave the Commodores. Mm. That's why. Uh, Michael Jackson had to leave the Jackson five, right. You know, because they see in a vision that no one else could see and they hit it. And just because those people are around you, it don't mean that they're negative or they just don't see what you see. You know, they say a genius is a person that can see a target that no one else sees and hits it. Oh, man. And so, <laughs> so when you have a gift no one can understand or see that gift like you can. So basically, you're a little bit ahead of them. 
And to get them to understand where you are is almost impossible unless they experience a gift also, because people do what I do everywhere, but some people do it very, very well. And it leaves me in awe, you know, and my mouth is open and it's saying, my God, how does he do that? Right. How mm -hmm. does she do that? Damn, they're good. Right. You know, because real recognizes real. You know, I mean, I like it, to think that those people you're talking about you, with the with the bigger picture, they see more than others see. Right. Quicker, quicker than others see it. Yes. And they have a path on how they're going to get there. And everybody else may not believe in that path, or understand that path or tell you that you're crazy. Right. So I'm, I'm curious, what are you talking about uh, seeing those people that are in your world that, man, they're doing it way better than I could have, like on an excellent level, maybe I can't get to. But how do you fight that where it doesn't discourage you and saying, well, maybe I just can't get any better or I, I'll never be that good. We talk about imposter syndrome and stuff uh, yeah. here at the office sometimes where a competitor down the street may be doing really well and like, like, why, how are they doing that well? And we're in the middle of all this and we don't know. So I'm curious from your standpoint, because you mentioned that a little bit, how do you fight those feelings or those thoughts and knowing that you need to move yourself forward and not just dwell on what somebody else is doing? Well, I, 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 I think I'm good at what I do. I'm not, I'm not shy about saying, right? Mm -hmm. I'm good. But there's people way better than me. And when they're way better than me, I want to know what makes them tick. Mm -hmm. So I build a relationship with them to take away the fear. And I don't want to know about their business. I want to know how they think. Yeah. I want to know how they view things. I want to know what the future looks like in the business for the next five years or for the next decade. Which way are we going? which way the business is going. How do you think about this? And how do you think about that? Because when it comes to competitors, it's not a competitor when you build a relationship. Right. When you, so relationships depend, results depend on, upon a relationship. Just because he do it very well doesn't mean that I don't do it very well because it's some things I do better than the other person, but it's some things the other person do better than me. So I try to find that common denominator while, where we can talk. It's just like millennials. I'm the oldest person in the workforce when I go into a company, right? <laughs> Those guys are doing it another way. I'm a baby boomer. You know, we think everybody should be like us. We don't think things should change. We think they're crazy. You know, but we've screwed up the world, but we don't want to spend time with them because they don't do this. And they, I don't do that. I want to know what success look like for them. I want to know what their roadmap is and being successful. And I try to spawn my wisdom in with what they want to do and say, well, what do you think about this? I understand you want to go that way, but if you go this way, this may happen. So what do you think we should do? Mm. Question mark. First one speak loses. So that's how you build that relationship. And then now you can work with people that are different than you 
uh, different generations with you, uh, different competitors than you are, because somebody's got to take the step forward and, and not glare at everybody and not like somebody because they do something very well. That's good. Yeah, I could just listen to you talk all day, honestly. This is very good. Yeah, um, let's give our audience a little let's give our audience a little context about your business and <laughs> <I'm> laughing at <laughs> me. Anyway. Right. So let's give our audience a little context about your business and who you work with and those type of people and why you're brought into those businesses to help them. Kind of gets like a big 30,000. Uh, height view of what you get what you do on a regular basis you guys ever watched the show on the food network called uh restaurant impossible yeah no i do i, I, I do something similar to that i got okay. you i got you i go in and fix stuff it's like uh bar rescue and those type things well i know uh what's the guy from hell's kitchen Oh, they yeah, uh, nightmare kitchens. Yeah. I've seen that. Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, Gordon but, Ramsay. but I yeah. go into companies that want to improve and get better and improve their bottom line. Um, okay. I may go into a company and they say we have an absenteeism and turnover problem. And I say that's a symptom. Hmm. It's not that's the good. root cause. So let me talk to your people. So I'll pick out some people. I won't let them pick the people out because they'll pick the ones they like. And I, after I do some interviews with some people, I'll come back and say, you don't have an absenteeism and turnover problem. You have a leadership problem. So also analyzing processes where they're losing money, where they're not consistent. Um, where relationships are not good, where you got silos, marketing may not like sales, sales may not like production, production may not like customer service. <laughs> you know, uh, that goes back to a company not laying down that one leadership style and that one philosophy. Because if they don't like each other, that tells me that the top of the company didn't erase the gray areas because everything mm -hmm. should fix, everything should fit like a puzzle. So every job needs to be very well defined and every job should have a standard operating procedure. And everybody should know when their job starts and when their job ends. That's the top of the organization responsibility to do that. Mm -hmm. Right now I'm running into people that says we got a lot of absenteeism turnover. People don't want to work. People don't want to come to work and you guys need to get fully staffed. And I said, that's not a plant problem. That's a corporate problem, you know? So corporate people have to come up with ways to do things, not keep it in their head. And then when you do something wrong, they jump on, they jump on you. I always say, assume nothing, teach everything. So when I go into companies, you know, I always say, like I said in my book, the further you climb the pole, the more you see the monkey's ass. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Because because eighty to eighty five percent of all the problems are at the top That's in anything, yeah. but we always blame the bottom. <laughs> so when they bring me in, you know, I'm gonna have to tell them that they what they don't want to hear. The problem's you, yeah, and they're not used to that because they pay people 
And when you pay people, they're going to show you on paper what you want to see, and they're going to tell you what you want to hear, but not me, because I say, look, I can help you fix your problem, but you have to understand, I don't work for you. I work with you, and I'm not for sale. Yep, that's good. I have to tell, because I'm going to tell you what you don't want to hear. Then right. I'll tell you how to fix it. You can fix it without me, or you can fix it with me. It doesn't matter. But I'm going to tell you what your problem is because I don't have a dog in the fight. I want to see you become successful. But, you know, sometimes their, their skin is thin, mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes, you know, I have to leave. That's fine. Sometimes they get puffy and I have to tell them I'm going to put a southern smoking on. Them. But uh, <laughs> take them out in the lot and check their oil. But uh, well, it's just, it's just uh, <laughs> <laughs> you it's know, that, that southern stuff go wherever I go. I can't leave it. I tried to leave it in the South. It won't go. I can get on a plane and get off the plane. I look behind me. That Southern stuff still following me around. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but yeah. I enjoy what I do for a living. You can tell I enjoy what I do for a living. And uh, I've been working for myself for a long, long time. Oh, yeah. And uh, I just went and looked in the mirror the other day and asked my boss, could I have off? And he said, <laughs> he yeah, said you, can, you can have off. Then okay, we're gonna yeah, let that. Got to go back to where he's a pretty good old guy. I, I I asked mine if he could leave early today, and he said yes. Yeah, so I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna boogie on out the door here after yeah. this. He won't gonna, let you. He won't let you do it often, though, will? Oh no, he doesn't let me do it too often. But <laughs> once in a while, he says yes. Oh, Isaac, I want to take a few minutes, and I just want I, I want to talk about improving profits through people. Um, could you intro the book? Let us know uh, about the book who it's for, all these different kinds of things, because I'm going to read it. I, I, I'm embarrassed that I haven't yet, and I'm sorry, but I can't wait to read it. Yeah, Proving Profits Through People, go. Well, Improving Profits Through People, is the, that's the cash register. Right. Your people. If you want to make money, then you have to be able to build a relationship with your people. Their job's got to be very well-defined. And you have to treat them as part of the team. You can't have a brain line that everybody up here got all the sense. And then we get down to where the money is made. Nobody have no sense. Mm -hmm. So what we do is tell them what to do all the time, but we never go down and talk to them and say, how can we make your job much easier? What are your headaches that you see every single day that we can't see? Mm -hmm. For an example, as your leadership and your boss, what do I need to do to get better? You know, so you have to have one-to-ones with your people to engage the full picture with those people and get their input on how to do their job the most efficient way, not the hard way, and ask them what if. So you have to get them engaged and not just use them as something that you don't care about, you know, just because you're the janitor or just because you're an assembly line worker or just because you work on the phones every day, you know, you gotta be the most important person in the building, you know, and you flip that pyramid where my important people is the people that do the work every day because they're the cash register. You know, they can't, that's where all the waste is. That's where all the inefficiencies are. You know, 
That's yeah. when people want to quit, don't want to come to work. You know, they quit their job. If they get off at three, they quit at two thirty. You know, that's revenue that you're that you're losing. Uh, when people come to work, they run them off. You don't want to work here because people treat you like this. So it's very important that you improve your profits to your people. But you're going to have to be a people person. And you are who you are. We can't make people be that way if they wasn't. You know, like I said, I was born with that gift as a leader. Some people have to work hard to be a leader. You know, they have to read books. They have to study. You know, for the people that was the gift, you don't have to do that. Because it's already but it, but it, there. But it can also be developed, right? Yes, it can be developed. If you have, a sincere, if you have a sincere desire to do it. Right. But you got to have a sincere desire to do it. But you got to understand you are who you are. Right. Mm -hmm. if you don't have love for people and a heart for people but also on the other side other side you have to send a message that when you're not doing what you're supposed to do this is it's in your best interest to try hmm. you know so that's the confrontation part of it and how you do the confrontation part of it and have that crucial conversation is very important because you don't yell and you don't pound your fist and it's not a whip and a chain. You know, it's a conversation like, is it any reason why you did it this way? Hmm. You know, you can say that if you've assumed nothing and taught everything. But if you hadn't, you shouldn't get on to people about something you never taught. So you can't improve those profits that way. So you never give a person a reason not to perform for you. Because they won't. And then you're stepping on your own oxygen core when you do that's that. Good. So that's what profits to, uh, you know, through people is all about. So I just want to encourage everybody who's listening. I know they can go to Amazon and get a copy of your book, right? Yes. What's the best way for them to go get a copy of your book? Would you rather them go directly to your website or anything like that? Yeah, they can go to the website or, or, or give me a call or email me at Isaac at successplusconsulting.com. Okay, we'll Isaac put all this success in the show notes. Consulting.com, yeah. Okay. Or they can give me a call at area code 256-453-5577. I love it. So let's, let's get that copy out to people. We want to make sure that they have that link. We'll put all of this information in the show notes. Um Man, I don't know about you, Michael, but I'm, I've, I've got notes and I wish I could point the camera like I've got it written directly on my table because I didn't bring my paper in here. Literally, I've got a, a Sharpie at a table that I'm just taking notes on. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so many takeaways, Michael, so many mm -hmm. uh, just truth bombs that were dropped on this episode. But for our listener that is is trying to make that mental switch that that bridge the gap what words of wisdom do you want to give that listener who knows they should take the next step but something's holding them back well i think that something that's holding them back is fear of the unknown mm, yeah, yeah usually hold you back uh also procrastination kills uh, dreams uh procrastination <laughs> write that one down <laughs> And it kills goals. You know, I always try to put a deadline on things. Um, deadlines spur action. 
and don't put things off. Don't keep putting things off. Then you lose the enthusiasm. I would rather hit the problem head on and deal with the problem and try to get help. Always ask for help. If I had to do it all over again, I'd ask for help early. Yeah, yeah. That's you know, good. You, you always ask for help. And that's why you got to surround your, you, you change playmates, you change playgrounds. And that's why you got to play on the playground with people that can help you. You know, uh, I got friends that don't understand what I do. They'll never understand what I do, but they're still friends. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, but I got friends that if I had to go to for things that they can help me or they can find someone else to help me, you know, because I don't do a lot of things very well, but I know how to find people that do those things very well. And I know what the end results are of what I'm looking for. So I put that plan together and I know what it looks like and I know when it's supposed to be done. And I know whether you're doing it very well. Hell, I go in a restaurant and sit down in a restaurant and wonder what the overhead is. <laughs> you know? I actually think about that. Yeah, yeah. I can't yeah. stop thinking about that. I'm you know, but, but, but I think the main thing is if you have a sincere desire to do something, you should never be satisfied. You should always push that envelope every morning. You should rate yourself at the end of the day on a scale of one to 10 on how much effort you put in different areas of the things that you're supposed to do every day, everything from the grocery store to the chores at home, to your goals in life. And you got to always set those goals in life and achieve them no matter how old you are, because you're still living and you have to set goals. That book was a goal for me to write. My next goal is to learn and speak Spanish. So we continue to put goals to thrive, to get better and better. And you want to leave a legacy on this earth and you cannot do it by procrastinating because you walking on the border of the people that lose and blame everybody because of what they don't have or mm -hmm. what they can't get. It's my mama. It's my daddy. It's my girlfriend. It's a divorce. It's the, everybody's got an excuse and a blame on why they're not getting what they want. This to be is up to me. I love that uh, that plan, put a plan in place and put goals and put a time limit on there. Yeah. Um, I've heard it said a dream without a plan is a wish. Right. And right. you'll be surprised how many organizations I go in. Everybody got it in their head on where they're going and what they're supposed to do. But mm -hmm. nobody has it on paper. Oh, yeah. Writing it down is so key. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it I, is the secret ingredient. Yeah, just write yeah. it down. My goodness. I used to have a shirt. I don't have many now, but they had pockets in them. And in that pocket, I have an index card. And at the top of that index card, it says pray and stay focused. Mm -hmm. Under that, it has all the things I had to do to advance my goals for my next transition into a new job or into a new phase trying to get that job. And I'd mark it off when I got it done. And then I start over with another index card because I crystallize. When you write them down, you crystallize. So every, every day, two or three times a day, I take that index card out and I look at it and put it back in my pocket. So you got to keep your eyes on your goal. Nice. That's good. I love it. Isaac, uh, we're coming up the end of, end of the episode here. Uh, 
thank you. Like the the work, the wisdom that we got out of this, or the things lots that, of notes, lots of notes. Like these are things that we'll apply ourselves. Like especially like building a relationship to take away the fear with your competitors. Like it's yeah. kind of so simple but fantastic at the same time. Uh, and ex- I'm I'm excited to listen here, um, read your book as well because I think things that you brought to the table today were fantastic. I know your book's thank probably you. full of it. Uh, but anyway. Just real quick, thank you again for coming on. Uh, thank you for just showing us what, you know, telling our audience like fears, you know, you have a fear, but you can get past it. And sometimes it's just a focus and trying to understand what you're here for. Right. Uh, that's something unique that we haven't heard too much about. So it's a great in, uh, influence thank there. You. So anyway, uh, yeah, we're just going to wrap it up here. Thank you again. And then audience will catch you on the next episode. Isaac, well, thanks for joining us well, today, man. Come back. Thank you, gentlemen. And I use that term loosely. <laughs> with that we're ending <laughs> see you next time alright bye guys see ya